Hi, my name's Oshin Lunny, and I'm inviting you to unlock the full potential of IoT in the Siemens Advanta podcast. Every episode will feature leaders, innovators, and legends from the world of IoT to deliver a 360-degree view of the latest IoT trends. Today's episode is all about moving from response to reinvention and using IoT to shape a more resilient future. And I am very happy to have two incredible leaders with me today to share some insights, explore an optimistic outlook, and offer you some inspiration for the future. Barbara Humpton is the CEO of Siemens USA, where she guides the company's strategy and engagement in serving the company's largest market in the world, with more than 50,000 employees and over 23 billion in revenues and 5 billion in annual exports. Barbara is also the host of the wonderful Optimistic Outlook podcast, which I would wholeheartedly recommend for anyone looking for some inspiring perspectives on how to reinvent our physical world. Lisa Sikataluka is Director of Emerging Solutions at IBM, Innovator of the Year, TED Speaker, Children's Book Author, AAAS Lemelson Inventor Ambassador, and the most prolific female inventor in IBM's history. Her innovation portfolio includes over 700 patent applications filed within the US and abroad, of which 500 have been granted to date. Welcome, Barbara and Lisa, to the podcast. It is awesome to have you both here. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Now, before we talk about IoT, I would love to hear a bit about the journey of how you got to where you are today, starting with your good self, Barbara. Oh, well, thank you so much for asking, Oshin. You know, when I started my career, I thought I was going to be a math professor like my parents. But IBM actually came to my college campus, Wake Forest University, and recruited math majors to join the staff as programmers. And I was delighted by the experience. I loved the idea of applying technology to solve real problems. So it's been a fantastic ride from initially programmer to manager of programmers to manager of programs, uh, and ultimately now to be an active uh, leader within the world of Siemens business. It's uh, it, the, the world continues to offer up challenging problems for technologists to solve, and I love to be in the middle of it. I love it. You really do speak with a lot of optimism. And Lisa, tell us how one goes about becoming one of the most celebrated inventors in the long and illustrious history of IBM. What was your path to where you are today? <laughs> sure. I grew up actually in Helena, Montana, so kind of in the middle of nowhere. And it was perfect as far as starting to think creatively and using all the things around you as opposed to being constantly entertained by devices and things going on. So I actually started out thinking I wanted to be an author and a storyteller. And I think a lot of that natural tendency to want to tell stories comes through as a software engineer. So I, uh, you know, Started playing with technology when I was little, but not really true technology. It was more like gaming, playing Nintendo. And then when I was applying for colleges, I had zero programming experience, but I knew I liked to be on a computer. So I applied to Carnegie Mellon University, got into their computer science department. I'm like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I, I can suffer through this a little bit and learn as I go. And I started doing some internships and just fell in love with a career path and journey of being a software engineer and that storytelling side of it. 
Fantastic. I love it. And I think this kind of storytelling is an important part of building resilience for the future. And of course, we're looking at this landscape of building resilience within the context of COVID-19, this health, economic and societal crisis. But uh, Barbara, tell us why, instead of fearing the future, why we should be more hopeful. Well, Oshin, really what's amazing about times of change is that they create a moment of True disruption when things ungel. The things we all assume are working for us maybe don't operate the same way. And it's a chance to stop and ask ourselves, how should things work? What, what can we do that would be different? And so here in this moment of COVID plus an economic crisis plus the societal changes going on, I, my colleagues across Siemens are all thinking about, hey, these things that we've done traditionally in electrification, automation, and digitalization, how can we use these tools and our capabilities to go solve some of these problems? And people are coming up with the most incredible solutions. For instance, in manufacturing, who knew that the RFID tags that we put on high value components on a manufacturing floor could actually be worn as badges so that we could make sure that we understand exactly where people are and ensure that we're really keeping the physical distancing that we need in order to keep people healthy. And that's just one example of repurposing what we already have in order to solve a real problem today. Staying with yourself, Barbara, are these the kind of themes that you explore in your podcast, which I wholeheartedly recommend, uh, called The Optimistic Outlook? When we started thinking about this podcast of how could we engage others in the idea that we have optimism about the future, and there's a lot to look forward to, mm. and if we can look positively into the future, envisioning a more positive outcome, then we could actually get there together. Uh, Lisa, talk to us a bit about this uh, shift that we've seen from products to services and now to overlapping ecosystems. How much of this is to do with the technology landscape these days? I think it's really exciting how everything around us has started to become more intelligent. And that's because of technology like IoT, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you look at a digital twin, which is what I'm focusing on at IBM, a digital twin is a digital replication of a physical thing. So you think about all the things around us, those physical assets that we're owning and operating. Now that they're sharing data about how they're being operated, we can start to do some really cool things like AI, like prediction, like understanding how we can improve the way their, their everyday lives are operating and the people that are using them. So for example, with our digital twin exchange, it's basically this marketplace for owners and operators to come and find the data that they need to start building out a digital twin. So that ecosystem is growing and everyone's contributing to it. 100%. Barbara, you very kindly joined me for a discussion at IMTS recently, and uh, you mentioned your vision of national preparedness involving digital twins. I think this is really fascinating and leads on from what Lisa was saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, think about the tools we have today. As Lisa's describing, gathering data about different aspects of true physical things. Um, in the past, you know, we would build objects um, they, we would put them into warehouses. We would pull them out when needed. Today, it's a much more organic and evolving prospect. 
So today people, maybe three decades ago, they had used computer-aided design. And then two decades ago, that was put together with some integrated planning. And then, wow, a decade ago, we discovered that we could do integrated product lifecycle management and really have the digital thread begin from the time someone starts designing to the time they're in operation. And in fact, this is one reason we teamed with IBM recently, because IBM has has this fantastic tool, Maximo, that is used in asset management. So people who are owning and operating things have a way to keep track of their service record, et cetera. Well, now that we have data across that whole life cycle, we can actually keep a living, breathing digital twin of a product. Now, imagine ourselves in the midst of COVID, when in the past we were all asking, where is the national stockpile of physical elements? We need ventilators, right? We need medical equipment that's going to be vital to treating patients. Well, what if Instead of having a physical stockpile, we also had a digital twin stockpile. I mean, fact is, we don't know what's going to come at us next. We don't know the effect of fires or storms or, or the next pandemic. What will we need? Well, what we may need, we certainly we can't buy in bulk everywhere it may be needed. But if we had digital twins, what we'd be able to do is really shorten the time it takes for us to scale up and meet the needs on a local level. I had been jokingly calling it a strategic digital twin reserve, like the strategic petroleum reserve. Data is the new oil, and it can be used in order to help us be more prepared. So talk to us a bit about how IoT and data can actually play a role in helping people out of the pandemic situation that we're in? You know, say if there was like a building owner and they're trying to get people to come back to work and, you know, how would they use data, sensors, IoT to give people that confidence and that comfort to come back to their place of work, for example? Yeah, let me share with you what's going on right now in Siemens Smart Infrastructure. We have two fabulous companies, one called Enlighted that delivers sensors into buildings and another called Comfy that um, has created apps for people who use buildings in various capacities. It can be the residents in buildings, it can be the building managers. But with these tools, we now have new ways of helping building owners uh, work with potential residents, occupants, to come back with confidence. Uh, the idea that we want to know what the condition of the building is. Have there been incidents that we need to be aware of? All of that is knowable before someone makes the decision to actually come into work. Then we can we can register if that's appropriate and if it's compliant with local guidelines and regulations. Um, and then we can allow a lot of controls of the individual's environment inside the building. So these relatively simple technologies that are just being offered up via a platform now so that we can have people co-create applications on them and, and build out ever more capability is giving us additional control over our built environment. It's, a, it's an exciting time. You know, we had all thought about it in terms of perhaps energy use, building occupancy, you know, making the most effective use of buildings. But now this idea that the same tools can help us with wellness and safety, that has impact. I love that. And I just want to build on that. I, I love that idea of confidence and trust. And we're doing something similar at IBM with Watson Works, where we're using the 
our mobile devices that have so many different sensors already in them to create simple, you know, health checks, right? Health screening where you check for symptoms and then determine whether or not you're cleared to even return to go into the office. And then once you are, you can use the app to reserve a desk. And then when you leave the office, you know, you can use that micro location data or GPS location to know the person's no longer at the desk they reserved, which can trigger going in and cleaning it, make sure it's good for the next people. And then that interaction with other coworkers, you know, knowing you're next to someone else really helps with that contact tracing and being able to understand if there is a problem, who to let them know who they interacted with. Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, I, I like that you mentioned Watson there. That's, of course, the uh, IBM AI solution. The picture you're both painting is one of these overlapping ecosystems that are really working together to empower people to live better, no matter what the circumstances. And, you know, that can give people hope and optimism for the future. How big do you think this concept of cooperation or if, if you like cooperation is for all of us for the future moving forward? Yeah, I think this is everything. I mean, I think we all need to be looking at our business models and asking how much more value could we unlock by working with others cooperatively. I mean, the whole idea of a platform creating value is probably one of the most outstanding business awakenings we've had. And it's been relatively recently that businesses everywhere have begun to understand how their own products and services of history, right, are actually representing value to end users, but how the additional information that comes from those and using that information in new ways extends the value and creates new opportunities. So at Siemens, we've actually created some centers, digital centers all around the world, where we actually open up our labs to bring customers in and work through co-creation. So for example, in Atlanta, Georgia, teams that focus in on mobility, uh, literally light rail, et cetera, and helping the managers of mobility systems, be they train or otherwise, understand how to use their data more effectively and to together build apps. And a simple example, do we know why brakes burn out on a light rail system? Well, it turns out sometimes it's due to operator use. The, the way they use the brakes. We've discovered through this one of these co-creation exercises that we can actually identify through use patterns, through using the you know, who's driving what train, we can figure out which of the drivers actually need additional training in the most efficient use of the equipment. Wow. Well, that's a game changer when you can now hone in the specific training and services to the specific people who need them. Siemens couldn't have done that on our own. The rail system certainly couldn't have done that on their own. But together, we've been able to accomplish something new. Superb. Wow. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that, that brings it very much to life. These kind of separate data lakes and, you know, processing power and AI and business expertise. It's where they overlap that the magic really happens. And uh, speaking of which, Lisa, I know that IBM Watson has a ton of clients in the retail space. That's obviously been highly affected by the pandemic and by COVID-19. Talk to us a bit about how AI and how technology is helping these more traditional businesses evolve and build resilience for the future. Yeah, you know, COVID and the pandemic is causing companies um, that have kind of been set in their ways a little bit to modernize and to start really adopting this desire to have everything digitized. 
right? If you think about it, before not all retail companies had buy online, pick up in store. And as soon as people were forced to not be able to go into the stores, now all of a sudden we needed curbside delivery. We needed it yesterday. Otherwise your business wasn't going to be able to sell. So that idea of being able to force people to start thinking about the future and how they start being relevant now with the current situation is really powerful in the face of the pandemic. Lisa, I'm really curious about whether you see, just as the market has been changing that dramatically, do you think then the way we draw people into jobs in this market will be different? Do you think there are going to be some people we can draw in from the sidelines to do jobs in this new digital economy that that perhaps they never dreamed of doing before? Absolutely. I love that um, line of thinking because it's so true. It opens up so many doors for people that can, in the comfort of their home, start participating in jobs that they might have otherwise had to go into a traditional office to do, right? We're all technologists. I've always been in the computer. It doesn't matter if I'm in an office or at home, I'm in front of the computer. So now all of a sudden, there's all these companies that are allowing their their employees to work from home for a little bit longer and, and try it out. And it's they're getting more creative in how they're problem solving and remotely working together. Um, so I'm excited to see what the future holds there. Fantastic. And do we think that this innovation through this crisis, that can help us collectively address some of the biggest problems of humanity, things like climate change? Uh, have either of you seen any really interesting initiatives in that space? Well, I just took over the weather business solutions within IBM. So like the weather channel, right? We're uh, the B2B side of it. So it's been really fun to see all of the use cases that have come out around agriculture use cases, right? Uh, Same with energy and utilities, using satellite imagery to predict the height of trees. Like how cool is that, that you can grab this technology and and use it to help with the trimming of trees, making sure there's not a power outage in the future. Um, In general, I think that the idea of understanding crop growth and yield and all through technology and simple things like images and comparing different images, that is a really cool way of thinking about how climate change is going to be affected by technology. Yeah. And what I've heard from a lot of stakeholders who are actually responsible for some of the big infrastructure responsible for carbon emissions, for instance, transportation industry, the power generation industry, et cetera. What I'm finding is that people have come through this pandemic They've breathed clean air in cities for the last several months as, you know, as we saw traffic die down in huge urban centers. And what they've said is we've got the technology to um, eliminate carbon from our systems, from our infrastructure. And we know that we're going to be spending a lot of money on stimulus. Let's see if we can spend it in a way that's going to bring about that more sustainable future. So it's a very intentional moment where people in all these markets are thinking about, hey, I've got this moment to make change. And let me see how many objectives I can satisfy at once. Now, in addition to being able to, you know, bring in resilient technology, I'm also hearing people discuss how can we ensure that underserved populations are served through this infrastructure? How can I be sure that we're creating jobs for all sectors of our society? I think it's going to be a powerful moment for actually setting things on a new path. Wonderful. I love it. I love it. That's the optimistic outlook once again. Barbara, it feels like the world in a way is arriving at a new style of leadership and it's kind of necessitated by the crisis we're going through, by all the technology that's interlinked and this world of interconnected ecosystems and APIs and all that kind of thing. How has Siemens handled 
this new normal from a leadership perspective? At Siemens, as we've come through the pandemic, one of the things we saw was that it was a, a global pandemic. It was affecting all of us, but it was happening in this hyper-local way. You know, what happened first in China, then, you know, it took a while before we were dealing with very similar effects in the U.S. And so what we chose to do as a corporation is make sure people understood our priorities, our objectives. We're taking care of people. We're going to keep the business healthy. We're going to bring our technology to bear to help solve problems in real time. And we're going to look across the horizon and try to understand what we need to be prepared for in the coming months and years. Well, with that understanding, leaders all around the world were then given the entrepreneurial freedom to do what needed to be done in their local area. And we saw true leadership as people stood up and handled some very difficult situations. Now, it's something after seeing this, we said, wow, we're not going back. So um, Siemens globally has announced we have a new way of working. Our new normal is that people aren't expected to be in the office more than two to three days a week on average. There are some who really will work virtually all the time, others who are in say, um, manufacturing environments where they need to be present. But but this unleashing of the workforce to work where they're most productive is a change that came during the pandemic and it's here to stay. Lisa, if I could ask a similar question to yourself, but from the viewpoint of innovation, do we need a, a new style of leadership in the world of innovation? Yeah, you know, inventors are really problem solvers at heart. And the more problems that we have, the more inventions that'll come out of it, right? So it's this idea of diversity in the different companies that we work for and who we are as individuals and our different life experiences. All of that you bring to the table to really take apart an idea, take apart a problem, then come up with the best solutions based on that. So a lot of what companies are doing around design thinking, how you're putting yourself in the shoes of the end user of your products and think, okay, what are they going through on a day-to-day basis and how do we break it down and solve it for them? So a lot of what Barbara talked about with Siemens and what we're doing with Watson Works, how we're going back to work and thinking about the employees and taking care of our employees. At IBM, we've got a COVID care time, right? So it's, it's paid time off for families with family members and emergencies time off for people who have kids at home. So I have four little kids at home and it's it's not the same, you know, working from home before kids versus working from home with kids. It's it's crazy to think about what people are going through and hopefully, you know, people struggle through it and we continue to see uh, both men and women in the workforce after all this is done. Well, Lisa, as we sit here talking about the Internet of Things and this transformation that's going on, I'm curious from your perspective, what are some of the tough problems that need to be solved and that you're working on right now? Yeah, you know, taking a step back from the technologies and and not necessarily coming from that technology first approach, but thinking of it more on an industry level. And, you know, like we said, design thinking, putting ourselves in the shoes of the end user, we're seeing a lot of challenges coming from different industries like energy and utilities, agriculture, we've got airports, right? We talked about climate change and now these airport airplanes are all parked. What does that mean for emissions out in the atmosphere? And how can once the airplanes start taking off, let's right now start innovating on how we can improve how those technologies work when they're all up in the air again. Cool. Speaking of which, Lisa, how did you find the the pandemic? How have you been getting through it? 
Oh my goodness, it's horrible. <laughs> but I mean, I'm I'm lucky because IBM's allowed me to work from home, so I'm actually in Montana. I kind of relocated for the pandemic to be with my family. So we got a multi generational family right now. My mom and dad are helping with the kids. Uh, they're going back to school two days a week. My husband's able to help as well, but. Yeah, it, it's nice in that it is bringing our family closer together and I'll cherish these memories we're making and try to make the best of it. Oh, that's that's beautiful. And, and how about yourself, Barbara? How have you and your family been getting through the, the pandemic and surviving in these lockdown times? Well, I, like Lisa, I've been very fortunate that we've not suffered losses in our family. Everyone is is healthy. And I'm delighted to share that we've had two new additions to the family. Um, I'm right now in the period of waiting for a granddaughter to be born. And I think by the time we air this broadcast, she should be with us in this world. Well, with the work that you're both doing with Siemens and IBM, it feels like the future is in good hands. Okay, and there you have it from two of the most progressive leaders you could possibly be listening to right now. The times are demanding a new style of leadership and everything is connected. So we're moving beyond this world of competition into a world of cooperation and connected ecosystems. And you just heard exactly how that's going to happen. Listeners, if you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe using your favorite podcast app and do check out the Siemens Advanta website to get a glimpse of some amazing IoT projects. Join us in a few weeks when we'll be discussing IoT, where to begin, mapping the value beyond the concept. See you next time.